Section thirty two of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew. Volume one. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk. Part thirty two. Of the Street Sellers of Pastry and Confectionery. The cooked provisions sold in the streets, it has been before stated, consist of three kinds solids, liquids, and pastry and confectionery. The first two have now been fully described, but the last still remains to be set forth. The street pastry may be best characterized as of a strong flavor. This is, for the most part, attributable to the use of old or rancid butter, possessing the all-important recommendation of cheapness, or to the substitution of lard, dripping, or some congenial substance. The strong taste, however, appears to possess its value in the estimation of street pastry buyers, especially among the boys. This may arise from the palates of the consumers having been unaccustomed to more delicate flavours, and having become habituated to the relish of that which is somewhat rank, just in the same way as the fumet of game or venison becomes dear to the palate of the more aristocratic gourmand. To some descriptions of street pastry, the epithet strong-flavoured may seem inappropriate, but it is appropriate to the generality of these comestibles, especially to the tarts, which constitute a luxury, if not to the meat-pies or puddings that may supply a meal. The articles of pastry sold in the London streets are meat and fruit pies, boiled meat and kidney puddings, plum duff or pudding, and an almost infinite variety of tarts, cakes, buns, and biscuits while the confectionery consists of all the several preparations included under the wide denomination of sweet stuff, as well as the more medicinal kind known as cough drops. In addition to these, there are the more aristocratic delicacies recently introduced into street traffic, namely penny raspberry creams and ices. Of Street Pie Men The itinerant trade in pies is one of the most ancient of the street callings of London, the meat pies are made of beef or mutton, the fish pies of eels, the fruit of apples, currants, gooseberries, plums, damsons, cherries, raspberries, or rhubarb, according to the season, and occasionally of mincemeat. A few years ago the street pie trade was very profitable, but it has been almost destroyed by the pie shops, and further, the few remaining street dealers say the people now haven't the pennies to spare. Summer fairs and races are the best places for the pie-men. In London, the best times are during any grand sight or holiday-making, such as a review in Hyde Park, the Lord Mayor's Show, the opening of Parliament, Greenwich Fair, and so on. Nearly all the men of this class whom I saw were fond of speculating as to whether the great exposition would be any good to them or not. The London pie-men who may number about forty in winter and twice that number in summer, are seldom stationary. They go along with their pie-cans on their arms, crying, Pies all lot, eel, beef or mutton pies, penny pies, all lot, all lot. The can has been before described. The pies are kept hot by means of a charcoal fire beneath, and there is a partition in the body of the can to separate the hot and cold pies. The can has two tin drawers, one at the bottom where the hot pies are kept, and above these are the cold pies. As fast as the hot dainties are sold, their place is supplied by the cold from the upper drawer. 
a teetotal pieman in billingsgate has a pony and shay cart his business is the most extensive in london it is believed that he sells twenty shillings worth or two hundred and forty pies a day but his brother tradesmen sell no such amount i was out last night said one man to me from four in the afternoon till half-past twelve i went from summers town to the horse guards and looked in at all the public houses on my way and i didn't take above one shilling and sixpence i have been out sometimes from the beginning of the evening till long past midnight and haven't taken more than fourpence and out of that i have to pay a penny for charcoal the pie dealers usually make the pies themselves the meat is bought in pieces of the same part as the sausage makers purchase the stickings at about threepence the pound people when i go into houses said one man often begin crying meow or bow wow wow at me but there's nothing of that kind now meat you see is so cheap about five dozen pies are generally made at a time these require a quartern of flour at fivepence or sixpence two pounds of suet at sixpence one and a half pound meat at threepence amounting in all to about two shillings to this must be added threepence for baking a penny for the cost of keeping hot and twopence for pepper salt and eggs with which to season and wash them over hence the cost of the five dozen would be about two shillings and sixpence and the profit the same the usual quantity of meat in each pie is about half an ounce there are not more than twenty hot piemen now in london there are some who carry pies about on a tray slung before them these are mostly boys and including them the number amounts to about sixty all the year round as i have stated the penny pie shops the street men say have done their trade a great deal of harm these shops have now got mostly all the custom as they make the pies much larger for the money than those sold in the streets the pies in tottenham court road are very highly seasoned i bought one there the other day and it nearly took the skin off my mouth it was full of pepper said a street pieman with considerable bitterness to me the reason why so large a quantity of pepper is put in is because persons can't exactly tell the flavour of the meat with it piemen generally are not very particular about the flavour of the meat they buy as they can season it up into anything in the summer a street pieman thinks he is doing a good business if he takes five shillings per day and in the winter if he gets half that on a saturday night however he generally takes five shillings in the winter and about eight shillings in the summer at greenwich fair he will take about fourteen shillings at a review in hyde park if it is a good one he will sell about ten shillings worth the generality of the customers are the boys of london the women seldom if ever buy pies in the streets at the public houses a few pies are sold and the pieman makes a practice of looking in at all the taverns on his way here his customers are found principally in the tap-room here's all lot the pieman cries as he walks in toss or buy up and win em this is the only way that the pies can be got rid of if it wasn't for tossing we shouldn't sell one to toss the pieman is a favourite pastime with costermongers boys and all that class some of whom aspire to the repute of being gourmands and are critical on the quality of the comestible if the pieman win the toss he receives a penny without giving a pie if he lose he hands it over for nothing the pieman himself never tosses but always calls head or tail to his customer at the week's end 
it comes to the same thing they say whether they toss or not or rather whether they win or lose the toss i've taken as much as two shillings and sixpence at tossing which i shouldn't have had if i hadn't done so very few people buy without tossing and the boys in particular gentlemen out on the spree at the late public houses will frequently toss when they don't want the pies and when they win they will amuse themselves by throwing the pies at one another or at me sometimes i have taken as much as half a crown and the people of whom i had the money has never eaten a pie the boys have the greatest love of gambling and they seldom if ever buys without tossing one of the reasons why the street boys delight in tossing is that they can often obtain a pie by such means when they have only a halfpenny wherewith to gamble if the lad wins he gets a penny pie for his halfpenny for street mincemeat pies the pie man usually makes five pounds of mincemeat at a time and for this he will put in two dozen of apples one pound of sugar one pound of currants two pounds of critlings note critlings being the refuse left after boiling down the lard end note a good bit of spice to give the critlings a flavour and plenty of treacle to make the minced meat look rich the gravy which used to be given with the meat pies was poured out of an oil can and consisted of a little salt and water browned a hole was made with the little finger in the top of the meat pie and the gravy poured in until the crust rose with this gravy a person in the line assured me that he has known pies four days old to go off very freely and be pronounced excellent the street piemen are mostly bakers who are unable to obtain employment at their trade i myself said one was a bread and biscuit baker i've been at the pie business now about two years and a half and i can't get a living at it last week my earnings were not more than seven shillings all the week through and i was out till three in the morning to get that the pie men seldom begin business till six o'clock and some remain out all night the best time for the sale of pies is generally from ten at night to one in the morning calculating that there are only fifty street pie men plying their trade in london the year through and that their average earnings are eight shillings a week we find a street expenditure exceeding one thousand and forty pounds and a street consumption of pies amounting nearly to three-quarters of a million yearly to start in the penny pie business of the streets requires one pound for a can two shillings and sixpence for a turn halfpenny board to gamble with twelve shillings for a gross of tin pie dishes eightpence for an apron and about six shillings and sixpence for stock money allowing one shilling for flour one shilling and threepence for meat twopence for apples fourpence for eels two shillings for pork flare or fat twopence for sugar a halfpenny for cloves one penny for pepper and salt one penny for an egg to wash the pies over with sixpence for baking and one penny for charcoal to keep the pies hot in the streets hence the capital required would be about two pounds in all of the street sellers of boiled puddings the sale of boiled puddings meat and currant which might perhaps be with greater correctness called dumplings has not been known in london i was informed by one in the trade more than twelve or fourteen years the ingredients for the meat puddings are not dissimilar to those i have described as required for the meat pies but the puddings are boiled in cotton bags in coppers or large pans and present the form of a round ball the charge is a halfpenny each five or six years back a man embarked his means 
said to be about fifteen pounds, in the meat-pudding line, and prepared a superior article, which was kept warm in the street by means of steam, in a manner similar to that employed by the pie-man. A mechanic out of work was engaged by this projector to aid him in the sale of his street luxuries, and the mechanic and his two boys made a living by this sale for two or three years. The original pudding projector relinquished the street trade to go into business as a small shopkeeper, and the man who sold for him on a sort of commission, earning from twelve shillings to eighteen shillings a week, made the puddings on his own account. His earnings, however, on his own account, were not above from one shilling to two shillings and sixpence a week beyond what he earned by commission, and a little while back he obtained work again at his own business. But his two boys still sell puddings in the street. The sale of boiled meat puddings is carried on only in the autumn and winter months, and only in the evenings, except on Saturdays, when the business commences in the afternoon. The sale, I was informed by one of the parties, has been as many as forty-five dozen puddings on a Saturday evening. The tins in which the puddings are carried about hold from four to six dozen, and are replenished from the pans, the makers always living contiguous to the street where the vend takes place, as fast as the demand requires such replenishment. An average sale on a fine, dry, winter Saturday evening is thirty dozen, but then, as in most street callings, the weather, a remark often made to me, has considerable to do with it. A frost, I was told, helped off the puddings, and a rain kept them back. Next to Saturday, the best business night is Monday, but the average sale on the Monday is barely half that on the Saturday, and on the other evenings of the week about a third. This gives a weekly sale by each street seller of eighty-five dozen, or one thousand and twenty puddings and as i am informed there are now but six street sellers regularly of this comestible the weekly aggregate would be allowing for bad weather five thousand four hundred or a hundred and twenty nine thousand six hundred in a season of twenty-four weeks an expenditure on the part of the street boys and girls who are the principal purchasers and of the poor persons who patronize the street trade of about two hundred and seventy pounds per annum the wandering street musicians of the poorer class, such as Old Sari and the Italian boys, often make their dinner off a meat pudding purchased on their rounds, for it is the rule with such people never to return home after starting in the morning till their day's work is done. The boys who ply their callings in the street, or are much in the open air, are very fond of these puddings, and to witness the way in which they throw the pudding, when very hot, from hand to hand, eyeing it with an expression that shows an eagerness to eat with a fear of burning the mouth is sometimes laughable and sometimes painful because not unfrequently there is a look of keen hunger about the probably outcast lad the current puddings are i believe sold only at billingsgate and petticoat lane of the street sellers of plum duff or dough plum dough is one of the street eatables though perhaps it is rather a violence to class it with the street pastry, which is usually made by the vendors. It is simply a boiled plum or currant pudding of the plainest description. It is sometimes made in the rounded form of the plum pudding, but more frequently in the roly-poly style. Hot pudding used to be of much more extensive sale in the streets. One informant told me that twenty or thirty years ago, 
batter or yorkshire pudding with plums in it was a popular street business the plums as in the orthodox plum puddings are raisins the street vendors of plum duff are now very few only six as an average and generally women or if a man be the salesman he is the woman's husband the sale is for the most part an evening sale and some vend the plum dough only on a saturday night a woman in leather lane whose trade is a saturday night trade is accounted one of the best plum duffs in london as regards the quality of the comestible but her trade is not considerable the vendors of plum dough are the street sellers who live by vending other articles and resort to plum dough as well as to other things as a help this dough is sold out of baskets in which it is kept hot by being covered with cloths sometimes two and even three thick and the smoke issuing out of the basket and the cry of the street seller hot plum duff hot plum invite custom a quartern of flour fivepence half pound valentine raisins tuppence dripping and suet in equal proportions tuppence halfpenny treacle a halfpenny and allspice a halfpenny in all tenpence halfpenny supply a roly-poly of twenty pennyworths the treacle however is only introduced to make the dough look rich and spicy and must be used sparingly the plum dough is sold in slices at a halfpenny or a penny each and the purchasers are almost exclusively boys and girls boys being at least three-fourths of the revellers in this street luxury i have ascertained as far as the information of the street sellers enables me to ascertain that take the year through six plum duffers take one shilling a day each for four winter months including sundays when the trade is likewise prosecuted some will take from four shillings to ten shillings but rarely ten shillings on a saturday night and nothing on other nights and some do a little in the summer the vendors who are all stationary stand chiefly in the street markets and reside near their stands so that they can get relays of hot dough if we calculate then forty-two shillings a week as the takings of six persons for five months so including the summer trade we find that upwards of two hundred pounds is expended in the street purchase of plum dough nearly half of which is profit the trade however is reckoned among those which will disappear altogether from the streets the capital required to start is basket one shilling and ninepence cloths sixpence pan for boiling two shillings knife twopence stock money two shillings in all about seven shillings and sixpence of the street sellers of cakes tarts and so on these men and boys for there are very few women or girls in the trade constitute a somewhat numerous class they are computed including jews at one hundred and fifty at the least all regular hands with an addition perhaps of fifteen or twenty who seek to earn a few pence on a sunday but have some other though poorly remunerative employment on the weekdays the cake and tart sellers in the streets have been for the most part mechanics or servants a fifth of the body however have been brought up to this or to some other street calling the cake men carry their goods on a tray slung round their shoulders when they are offering their delicacies for sale and on their heads when not engaged in the effort to do business they are to be found in the vicinity of all public places 
their goods are generally arranged in pairs on the trays in bad weather they are covered with a green cloth none of the street vendors make the articles they sell indeed the diversity of those articles renders that impossible among the regular articles of this street sale are coventries or three-cornered puffs with jam inside raspberry biscuits cinnamon biscuits chonkies or a kind of mincemeat baked in crust dutch butter cakes jews butter cakes bolus or round tarts made of sugar apple and bread jumbles or thin crisp cakes made of treacle butter and flour and jams or open tarts with a little preserve in the centre all these things are made for the street sellers by about a dozen jew pastry cooks the most of whom reside about whitechapel they confine themselves to the trade and make every description on a fine holiday morning their shops or rather bakehouses are filled with customers as they supply the small shops as well as the street sellers of london each article is made to be sold at a half penny and the allowance by the wholesale pastry cook is such as to enable his customers to realize a profit of fourpence in one shilling thus he charges fourpence a dozen for the several articles within the last seven years there has been i am assured a great improvement in the composition of these cakes and so on this is attributable to the jews having introduced superior dainties and of course rendered it necessary for the others to vie with them the articles vended by these jews of whom there are from twenty to forty in the streets are still pronounced by many connoisseurs in street pastry as the best some sell penny dainties also but not to a twentieth part of the halfpenny trade one of the wholesale pastry cooks takes forty pounds a week these wholesale men who sometimes credit the street people by ten fifteen or twenty sacks of flour at a time whenever a cheap bargain offers they purchase as largely in irish butter which they have bought at threepence or twopence halfpenny the pound they buy also scrapings or what remains in the butter firkins when emptied by the butter sellers in the shops good scrapings are used for the best cakes the jam they make themselves to commence the wholesale business requires a capital of six hundred pounds to commence the street selling requires a capital of only ten shillings and this includes the cost of a tray about one shilling and ninepence a cloth one shilling and a leathern strap with buckle to go round the neck sixpence while the rest is for stock with a shilling or two as a reserve all the street sellers insist upon the impossibility of any general baker making cakes as cheap as those they vend it's impossible sir said one man to me it's a trade by itself nobody else can touch it they was miserable little things seven years ago an acute-looking man decently dressed gave me the following account he resided with his wife who went out charring in a decent little back room at the east end for which he paid one shilling a week he had no children i'm a translator note a species of cobbler end note by trade he said but i've been a cake and a tart seller in the streets for seven or eight years i couldn't make one shilling and threepence a day of twelve hours work and sometimes nothing by translating besides my health was failing and as i used to go out on a sunday with cakes to sell for a cousin of mine i went into the trade myself because i'd got up to it i did middling the first three or four years 
and I'd do middling still if it wasn't for the bad weather and the police. I've been up three times for obstructing. Why, sir, I never obstructed a quarter as much as the print shops and newspaper shops down there. Note, pointing to a narrow street in the city, end note. But the keepers of them shops can take a sight at the Lord Mayor from behind their tills. The first time I was up before the Lord Mayor, it's a few years back, I thought he talked like an old wife. You mustn't stand that way, he says, and you mustn't do this, and you mustn't do that. Well, my lord, says I, then I mustn't live honestly, but if you'll give me nine shillings a week, I'll promise not to stand here, and not to stand there, and neither to do this, nor that, nor anything at all, if that pleases you better. They was shocked, they said, at my impudence. So young a fellow, too. I got off each time, but a deal of my things was spoiled. I worked the cities on weekdays, and Victoria Park on Sundays. In the city, my best customers is not children, but young gents. Real gents, some of them with gold watches. They buys two penneth mostly, that's four of any sort or different sort. They're clerks in banks and counting-houses, I suppose that must look respectable-like on a little, and so feeds cheap, poor chaps, for they dine or lunch off it, never doubt, or they may be keeping their money for other things. To sell eleven dozen is a first-rate day's work. That's one shilling and ninepence or one shilling and tenpence profit. But then comes the wet days, and I can't trade at all in the rain, and so the things get stale, and I have to sell them in Petticoat Lane for two a halfpenny. Victoria Park I'm not let inside with my tray, is good and bad as happens. It's chiefly a tossing trade there. Oh, I dare say I toss a hundred times some Sundays. I don't like tossing the Costa lads. They're the wide awakes that way. The thieves use greys. They're halfpennies, either both sides' heads or both tails. Greys sell it from tuppence to sixpence. I'm not often had that way, though. Working people buy very few of me on Sundays. It's mostly boys and next to the gents why perhaps the boys is my best customers in the city only on monday a lad that had been lucky fiddling note holding horses or picking up money anyhow end note spent a whole shilling on me i clear i think and i'm among the cakes that's the top of the tree about ten shillings a week in summer and hardly seven shillings a week in winter my old woman and me makes both ends meet and that's all Reckoning one hundred and fifty cake-sellers, each clearing six shillings a week, a sufficiently low average, the street outlay will be two thousand three hundred and forty pounds, representing a street consumption of one million one hundred and twenty-three thousand two hundred cakes, tarts, and so on. Of other cake-sellers in the streets, the street cake-selling of London is not altogether confined to the class I have described but the others engaged in it are not regular pursuers of the business and do not exceed thirty in number some stock their trays with flare cakes which are round cakes made of flour and unrendered unmelted lard and stuck over freely with currants they are sold at a farthing and a half penny each others again carry only sponge cakes made of flour and eggs packed closely and regularly together so as to present an uniform and inviting surface Others carry only gingerbread, made of flour and treacle. These small trades are sometimes resorted to for a temporary purpose, rather than a street-seller's remaining in compulsory idleness. 
i learned also that cake sellers in the regular line when unable to command sufficient capital to carry on their trade in the way they have been accustomed to sell flayers so called from being made with pigs or sheep's flay or any other cheap cakes and so endeavour to retrieve themselves the profits on these plainer sorts is one penny in one shilling more than that on the others but the sale rarely exceeds half as much i heard however of one man who deposited in pence in eight days one shilling and tenpence with a wholesale pastry cook he had saved this sum by almost starving himself on the sale of the inferior cakes and the dealer trusted him the tenpence to make up eight dozen in the regular cake business to commence the street sale of cheap cakes requires a capital of less than five shillings for tray one shilling and sixpence cloth sixpence strap sixpence and stock money one shilling and sixpence three or four men are occupied in selling plum cakes these are generally sold in halfpenny and penny lots the plum cake is made by the same class of pastry cooks whom i have described as supplying the tarts puffs and so on and sold on the same terms the profits are fifty per cent what cost four shillings bringing in six shillings one man who travels to all the fairs and races and is more in the country than town in the summer and autumn sells large quantities of plum cake in smithfield when in town sometimes having two pounds worth and more on his stall he sells cakes of a pound ostensibly at fourpence sixpence and eightpence according to quality he sometimes supplies the street sellers on the same terms as the pastry cooks for he was once a baker from the best data at my command it appears that the sale of these inferior cakes does not realize above a fifth of that taken by the other sellers of whom i have treated amounting to about four hundred and fifty pounds in all of the street sellers of gingerbread nuts and so on the sale of gingerbread as i have previously observed was much more extensive in the streets than it is at present indeed what was formerly known in the trade as toy gingerbread is now unseen in the streets except occasionally and that only when the whole has not been sold at the neighbouring fairs at which it is still offered but even at these fairs the principal and sometimes the only toy gingerbread that is vended is the cock in breeches a formidable-looking bird with his nether garments of gold twenty or thirty years ago king george on horseback was popular in gingerbread his majesty wearing a gilt crown gilt spurs and a gilt sword bestrode the gilt saddle of his steed and was eaten with great relish by his juvenile subjects there were also sheep and dogs and other animals all adorned in a similar manner and looking as if they had been formed in close and faithful imitation of children's first attempts at cattle drawing these edible toys were then sold in white as well as in brown gingerbread the white being the same in all other respects as the brown except that a portion of sugar was used in its composition instead of treacle there are now only two men in london who make their own gingerbread nuts for sale in the streets this preparation of gingerbread is called by the street sellers after a common elliptical fashion merely nuts from the most experienced man in the street trade i had the following account he was an intelligent well-mannered and well-spoken man and when he laughed or smiled had what may be best described as a pleasant look 
After he had initiated me into the art and mystery of gingerbread-making, which I shall detail separately, he said, I've been in the nut trade twenty-five years or thereabouts, and have made my own nuts for twenty years of that time. I bought of a gingerbread baker at first. There was plenty of them in them days, and the profit a living profit, too. Certainly it was, for what I bought for five shillings I could sell for sixteen shillings. I was brought up a baker, but the moment I was out of my time I started in the street nut trade for myself. I knew the profits of it, and thought it better than the slavery of a journeyman baker's life. You've mentioned, sir, in your work a musical sort of a street crier of gingerbread, and I think, and indeed I'm pretty certain, that it's the same man as was my partner twenty years back. I'm more than twenty, but I can't tell about years. Note, the reader will have remarked how frequently this oblivion as to dates and periods characterises the statements of street sellers. Perhaps no men take less note of time. End note. At that time, he was my partner in the pig trade. Dairy-fed, do you say, sir? Not in the slightest. The outsides of the animals was paste, and the insides on em was all mincemeat. Their eyes was currants. We two was the original pigs, and, I believe, the only two pigs in the streets. We often made fifteen shillings between us in a day, in pigs alone. The musical man, as you call him, poor fellow, he dropped down dead in the street one day as he was crying. He was regular worn out, cried himself into his grave, you may say. Poor fellow, he used to sing out, Here's a long-tailed pig, and a short-tailed pig, and a pig with a curly tail. Here's a Yorkshire pig, and a Hampshire pig, and a pig without air a tail. When I was first in the trade I sold twice as many nuts as I do now, though my nuts was only twelve a penny then, and they're now forty. A little larger the twelve were, but not very much. I have taken twenty shillings and twenty-four shillings, many and many a Saturday. I then made from two pounds to two pounds ten shillings a week, by sticking to it, and money might have been saved. I've taken between seven pounds and eight pounds at a Greenwich Fair, in the three days, in them times, by myself. Indeed, last Easter my wife and me, for she works as well as I do and sells almost as much, took five pounds. But gingerbread was money in the old times, and I sold lumps as well as nuts. But now lumps won't go off, not in a fair, nohow. I've been in the trade ever since I started in it, but I've had turns at other things. I was in the service of a custom-house agency firm, but they got into bother about contrabands and the revenue, and cut off to America. I believe they took money with them, a good bit of it. And I was indicted, or whatever they call it, in the court of exchequer. I never was in the court in my life, and was called upon one fine day to pay to the Crown one thousand five hundred and eighty pounds, and some odd pounds and shillings besides. I never understood the rights of it, but it was about smuggling. I was indicted by myself, I believe. When Mr. Candy and other great houses in the city were found out that way, they made it all right, paid something, as I've heard, and sacked the profits. Well, when I was called on, it wasn't, I assure you, sir, <laughs> at all convenient for a servant, and I was only that, to pay the fifteen hundred and odd, so I served twelve months and two days in prison for it. I'd saved a little money, and wasn't so uncomfortable in prison. I could get a dinner and give a dinner. When I came out I took to the nuts. It was lucky for me that I had a trade to turn to, for even if I could have shown I wasn't at all to blame about the exchequer, I could never have got another situation. 
Never. So the streets saved me. My nuts was my bread. At this present time, sir, if I make, the year through, nine shillings a week, and my wife one shilling or two shillings less, that's the extent. When the Queen opened Parliament, the two on us took ten shillings. The Queen's good for that, anyhow, in person. If the opening was by proclamation, note, so he called it three or four times, end note, it wouldn't have been worth while going to, not at all. If there's not a crowd, the police interfere, and move on is the order. The Queen's popular with me, for her opening Parliament herself. I count it her duty. The police are a great trouble. I can't say they disturb me in the place, never mind mentioning it, sir, where you've seen me, but they do in other places. They say there's no rest for the wicked, but in the streets there's no rest for a man trying to make an honest living, as I'm sure I do. I could pitch anywhere one time. My chief dependence is on working men, who buy my nuts to take home to their young uns. I never sell for parties, or desserts, that I know of. I take very little from boys, very little. The women of the town buy hardly any of me. I used to sell a good many pigs to them in some of the streets about Brunswick Square, kept misses and such like, and very pleasant customers they was, and good pay. But that's all over now. They never baited me, never. To make about fifty-six pounds of the gingerbread nuts sold by my informant takes twenty-eight pounds of treacle, seven shillings, forty-eight pounds of flour, fourteen shillings, half a pound of ginger, fourpence, and half a pound of allspice, fourpence. From eighteen to twenty dozen of small nuts go to the pound. This quantity at forty a penny, reckoning eighteen dozen to a pound, realises about fivepence per pound, or about twenty-five shillings, for an outlay of eleven shillings and eightpence. The expense of baking, however, and of appurtenances, reduces the profit to little more than cent per cent. The other nut-sellers in the streets vend the almond nuts. Of these vendors there are not less than one hundred and fifty. Of them, one hundred buy their goods of the bakers, what they sell for one shilling, costing them fourpence and the other fifty make their own. The materials are the same as those of the gingerbread, with the addition of four pounds of butter, eightpence per pound, one pound of almonds, one shilling and fourpence, and two pounds of volatile salts, eightpence. Out of this material, sixty pounds of almond nuts may be made. A split almond is placed in the centre of each of these nuts, and as they are three times as large as the gingerbread nuts, twelve a penny is the price. To sell thirty-six dozen a day, and so clearing two shillings, is accounted a very tidy day's work. With the drawback of wet weather, the average weekly earnings of the almond nut-sellers are, perhaps, the same as the gingerbread nut-man's, nine shillings weekly. These almond nut-sellers are, for the most part, itinerant, their localities of sale being the same as in the cake-and-tart line. They carry their goods, neatly done up in paper, on trays slung from the shoulder, the gingerbread nuts are carried in a large basket, and are ready packed in paper bags. Some of the almond men call at the public houses, but the sale in such places is very small. Most of those who make their own nuts have been brought up as bakers. A class of workmen who seem to resort and adapt themselves to a street trade more readily than others. The nuts are baked in the usual way, spread on tin trays. To erect a proper oven for the purpose costs about five pounds, but most of the men hire the use of one. 
I have already specified the materials required to make fifty-six pounds of gingerbread nuts, the cost being eleven shillings and eightpence. To that, the capital required to start in the business must be added, and this consists of basket six shillings, baize cloth one shilling, pan for dough one shilling, rolling pin threepence, and baking tins one shilling. In all, about twenty-one shillings. To begin in a small way in the almond line, buying the nuts ready-made, requires as capital, tray two shillings, leather strap sixpence, baize one shilling, stock money one shilling and sixpence, in all five shillings. The sale is prosecuted through the year, but hot weather is unfavourable to it, as the nuts then turn soft. Calculating that one hundred and fifty of these street dealers take seventeen shillings each weekly, clearing nine shillings, we find six thousand six hundred and thirty pounds spent yearly in spice nuts in the streets of London. Of the street sellers of hot cross buns and of Chelsea buns, perhaps no cry, though it is only for one morning, is more familiar to the ears of a Londoner than that of one a penny to a penny hot cross buns on Good Friday. The sale is unknown in the Irish capital for among Roman Catholics Good Friday, I need hardly say, is a strict fast, and the eggs in the buns prevent their being used. One London gentleman, who spoke of fifty years ago, told me that the street bun sellers used to have a not unpleasing distich. On reflection, however, my informant could not be certain whether he had heard this distich cried, or had remembered hearing the elders of his family speak of it as having been cried or how it was impressed upon his memory. It seems hardly in accordance with the usual style of street poetry. One a penny to a penny hot cross buns. If your daughters will not eat them, give them to your sons. But if you haven't any of those pretty little elves, you cannot then do better than eat them all yourselves. A tradesman who had resided more than fifty years in the borough had in his boyhood heard, but not often, this ridiculous cry. One a penny poker, two a penny tongs, one a penny, two a penny hot cross buns. The sellers of the Good Friday buns are principally boys, and they are of mixed classes, costers boys, boys habitually, and boys occasionally street sellers, and boys street sellers for that occasion only. One great inducement to embark in the trade is the hope of raising a little money for the Greenwich Fair of the following Monday. I am informed that five hundred persons are employed on Good Friday in the streets of London in the sale of hot cross buns, each itinerant selling upon the day's average six dozen halfpenny and seven dozen penny buns, for which he will take twelve shillings and sixpence his profits being threepence in the shilling, or three shillings one and a half pence. One person informed me that last Good Friday he had sold during the day forty dozen penny buns, for which he received fifty shillings. The bun-selling itinerants derive their supplies principally from the wholesale pastry-cooks, and in a less degree from the small bakers and pastry-cooks who work more for the trade than themselves. The street hot cross bun trade is less than it was seven or eight years ago, as the bakers have entered into it more freely, and send round for orders, so that the itinerants complain that they have lost many a good customer. One informant, 
a master pastry cook who had been in the business nearly fifty years said to me times are sadly altered to what they were when i was a boy why i have known my master to bake five sacks of flour in nothing but hot cross buns and that is sufficient for twenty thousand buns Note, one sack of flour being used for four thousand buns or five hundred pounds of raw material to the same quantity of buns End note. the itinerants carry their baskets slung on their arm or borne upon the head a flannel or green baize is placed at the bottom of the basket and brought over the buns after which a white cloth is spread over the top of the baize to give it a clean appearance a vendor of hot cross buns has to provide himself with a basket a flannel to keep the buns warm and a cloth to give a clean appearance to his commodities these articles if bought for the purpose cost basket two shillings and sixpence flannel and cloth two shillings stock money average five shillings largest amount fifteen shillings smallest two shillings and sixpence or about ten shillings in all there is expended in one day in hot cross buns purchased in the london streets three hundred pounds and nearly one hundred thousand buns thus bought the chelsea buns are now altogether superseded by the bath and alexander's buns people the street sellers say want so much for their money there are now but two chelsea bun houses the one at pimlico and the other at chelsea the principal times chelsea buns were sold in the streets was good friday easter and whitsuntide and with the exception of good friday the great sales were at greenwich fair and then they were sold with other cakes and sweetmeats i am informed that twenty years ago there was one man with a rich musical voice who sold these buns about westminster principally all the year round his cry which was one of the musical ones was one a penny two a penny hot chelsea buns burning hot smoking hot reeking hot hot chelsea buns of muffin and crumpet selling in the streets the street sellers of muffins and crumpets rank among the old street tradesmen it is difficult to estimate their numbers but they were computed for me at five hundred during the winter months they are for the most part boys young men or old men and some of them infirm there are a few girls in the trade but very few women the ringing of the muffin man's bell attached to which the pleasant associations are not a few was prohibited by a recent act of parliament but the prohibition has been as inoperative as that which forbade the use of a drum to the costermonger for the muffin bell still tinkles along the streets and is rung vigorously in the suburbs the sellers of muffins and crumpets are a mixed class but i am told that more of them are the children of bakers or worn-out bakers than can be said of any other calling the best sale is in the suburbs as far as i know sir said a muffin seller it's the best hackney way and stoke newington and dalston and balls pond and islington where the gents that's in banks the steady coves of them goes home to their teas and the missuses has muffins to welcome them that's my opinion i did not hear of any street seller who made the muffins or crumpets he vended indeed he could not make the small quantity required so as to be remunerative the muffins are bought of the bakers and at prices to leave a profit of fourpence in one shilling 
Some bakers give thirteen to the dozen to the street sellers whom they know. The muffin man carries his delicacies in a basket, wherein they are well swathed in flannel to retain the heat. People like them warm, sir, an old man told me. To satisfy them they're fresh, and they almost always are fresh, but it can't matter so much about their being warm, as they have to be toasted again. I only wish good butter was a sight cheaper, and that would make the muffins go. Butter's half the battle. The basket and flannels cost the muffin man two shillings and sixpence, or three shillings and sixpence. His bell stands him in from fourpence to two shillings, according as the metal is. The regular price of good-sized muffins from the street sellers is a half penny each. The crumpets are four a penny. Some are sold cheaper, but these are generally smaller or made of inferior flour. Most of the street sellers give thirteen, and some even fourteen, to the dozen, especially if the purchase be made early in the day, as the muffin man can then, if he deem it prudent, obtain a further supply. A sharp London lad of fourteen, whose father had been a journeyman baker, and whose mother, a widow, kept a small chandler's shop, gave me the following account. I turns out with muffins and crumpets, sir, in October, and continues until it gets well into the spring, according to the weather. I carries a fast-rate article, very much so. If you was to taste them, sir, you'd say the same. If I sell three dozen muffins at a halfpenny each, and twice that in crumpets, it's a very fair day, very fair. All beyond that is a good day. The profit on three dozen and the others is a shilling, but that's a great help, really a wonderful help to mother, for I should be only minding the shop at home. Perhaps I clears four shillings a week, perhaps more, perhaps less, but that's about it, sir. Some does far better than that, and some can't hold a candle to it. If I has a extra day's sale, mother'll give me threepence to go to the play, and that encourages a young man, you know, sir. If there's any unsold, a coffee shop gets them cheap, and puts them off cheap again next morning. My best customers is genteel houses, cause I sells a genteel thing. I likes wet days best, cause there's wary respectable ladies what don't keep a servant, and they buys to save themselves going out. We're a great convenience to the ladies, sir, a great convenience to them as likes a slap-up tea. I have made one shilling and eightpence in a day. That was my best. I once took only tuppence halfpenny. I don't know why. That was my worst. The shops don't love me. I puts their noses out. Sunday is no better day than others, or very little. I can read, but wish I could read easier. Calculating five hundred muffin sellers, each clearing four shillings a week, we find one hundred pounds a week expended on the Metropolitan Street sale of muffins, or in the course of twenty weeks, two thousand pounds. Five shillings, with the price of a basket and so on, which is about three shillings and sixpence more, is the capital required for a start. End of section 32